Welcome to the State of America Road Report. With your hosts, David Hudson and Ian Rice. All right, everybody, welcome back to the state of Amorica to a special road report edition. Ian and I had kind of thought we were not going to do any of these this summer on this tour because we think it's probably going to be more of the same. But we had an opportunity to speak with somebody who uh, was at opening night. So we thought we would do this one for opening night just uh, to get it out there. And, And as always, Ian is on the other line with me. Ian, how are you? What's happening, David? How are you? I'm good. I'm good. This is a, this was going to be a well-produced episode, hours and hours and hours in planning. (laughs) Now we just decided to do this. Seth Weinstein, I'll introduce him in just a second. He had messaged me that he was at opening night, sent a cool picture, a nice little recap. And I said, Hey, do you want to hop on here real quick? He said, yeah. So I called Ian and Ian was out shopping with his wife. They're probably at bed, bath and beyond or Coles or something like that. You know, I was purchasing an iced tea maker. If you right. know. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, we're good to have Seth on here. Seth Weinstein, he is a Patreon and uh, we are very thankful for that. And so uh, welcome to the show. Thank you both. Appreciate it. It's a pleasure and an honor to be here. Yeah. Yeah. We, we enjoy having you on here. And first of all, thank you for being one of our patrons. We hope, uh, we hope you think you're getting your money's worth out of that. Just want to help the cause, man. Honestly, you, guys do, you guys do. You're doing God's work. Thank you. <laughs> well, we're trying. We're trying. All right, Seth. So you saw them last night, opening night of the tour. Um, not nearly as much hoopla for last night as it was last July when they cranked it up in Nashville. But nonetheless, you went. Where was the event located? So it was actually at the Hard Rock um, Casino and Hotel in Hollywood, Florida. So it's basically Fort Lauderdale. How many people would you would you guess were there? I'd say it was probably it was all it was it was pretty darn full, honestly. So I'd probably say max capacity, which I think is seven thousand. So seems like for this uh, this run, then maybe it's because uh, this is in the what they call a tertiary market, which is the the cities they didn't hit the first go around. So maybe it is smaller venues. Maybe that's a perk of this uh, particular leg of the tour. You get to see them a little bit more intimate setting. Yeah. So any show at at this venue, generally speaking. Uh, I'll digress for a second, but I saw Guns N' Roses there a few months back. And truthfully, the only reason I even wanted to see them was because it was not the stadium, you know, right. or it was a very small venue, especially for GNR, you know. So um, the way they get around that is they just charge more for the tickets. So <laughs> you kind of take the good to bad. But, you know, that's why I prefer to see a show at this at this point in my uh, in my career. All right. So driving and crying open, they've been around forever. They predated the Crows by several years on the Atlanta scene. We're the first one of those Atlanta bands really to get um, signed. And uh, I grew up in the Southeast. They were huge on the college circuit. Uh, I think they played my fraternity house one time, if I remember correctly. Just very, very well respected by everybody. Kevin Kenny, big buddies with Warren Haynes, sits in with them, does all kinds of stuff with them. How familiar are you? were you with driving and crying before you saw them? 
I mean, I, I've read about them just being in the Crows, you know, circuit, I guess, you know. So, I mean, I know of them, again, being, you know, Atlanta-based. Um, I did not listen to them in college. <laughs> so, not super familiar with them. I did a little bit of, re, you know, research and read up on them a little bit, you know, before the show. Um, and that's about the extent of it, to be honest with you. But I will tell you, they were good. I mean, I enjoyed them. I thought they were they were pretty tight, man. They sounded pretty good. Did they uh, did they play straight to hell? Yes. Oh, yeah. That's, that's what they that's, closed with. And, and um, they didn't close with it, but there were people next to me going bonkers for it. So, yeah, that that song, I definitely remember that song. Yes, 100 percent. How many people would you estimate were there when they played? Uh, it was like half full. They came on right before eight. Um, and they played till about 8.45, and then the Crows came on a prompt 9.05. Okay, so a quick turnaround. Yeah, pretty quick turnaround. I th- yeah, it was, it was quicker than I thought. It was like 20 minutes. That was it. Was it pretty much the same stage that they played on last year? Same stage. Um, I did see them last year in West Palm, which happens to be down the street from my house. So, you know, um, but yeah, pretty much same sa- same stage, same girls, you know, background. I mean, everything was the same. The bar, the bartender, you know, um, that he called Isaac, the bartender, which was kind of funny last night from those of you who may or may not remember the love boat. Um, right. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, and then um, toward the end, a couple of people, three people, I don't know who they were. They just came out and sat at the bar and had some drinks. So it was pretty much the exact same setup. Yeah, but it was cool. All right. The most pressing question you'll be asked was the umbrella brought out. <laughs> yeah, the umbrella. Unfortunately, yes, it was. Yeah, it was, and it was not. It, it started the show actually. Yeah, he was kind of underneath it. He was kneeling down in front of the drum kit, and he was twirling. He was doing the uh, the Seinfeld twirl, is what I call it. Yeah, it, it was there. It made it reared its ugly head, if you will. See, now I came to appreciate that a little bit more since David explained to me the. Uh... You know, the Southern association with it, David. David, can you run that down one more time? Because well, it's yeah. just it's a it's a New Orleans thing. So like, if you go to New Orleans, a lot of time they'll have what's called second lines, which is okay. uh, these parades that just go through the streets of people. They do it after people die and stuff like that. And the way he's doing it is identical to how they do it. And so I've always just <clears throat> thought that's what it was, kind of a tip of a hat to the new orleans culture that they really love they love playing there you know and stuff like that so the first night when it happened i was like oh my god what's going on here and then i was like you know what he's just trying to and a second line is supposed to represent a party a celebration so they're celebrating shake your money record i may be digging way too much into that but if i am i'm sorry but that's kind of what what uh what i always thought about it but obviously they come out they're going to start out with twice as hard when I saw them, Rich was incredibly loud when they first came out. Was it yeah. the same for you? He, um, you know, there were portions of it where I was like, whoa, what was that note? You know, like, and it was really just him being turned up so loud at some point that it just overshot, you know, overshadowed everything else. And it wasn't a, a bad note that he had hit, but it was just a note that like just really muffled everything else, if you will, you know. Overall, how was the Shake Your Money Maker performance compared to? The last time you saw them, you know, it's, they were tight, you know, they sounded good. I mean, again, you know, like I, I texted, um, David, I said, you know, I'm, you know, I'm not saying I'm like Uber fan, like, like half the guys you have on here, but I've seen them many, 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 many times since 90, whatever, 92 can't compare it to that. Obviously it is not the same. Um, the actual shake your moneymaker stuff was, you know, it was 
it really didn't go off, you know, at all. I mean, maybe one or two songs, a little bit of a mini teeny tiny little jam inside of it, but um, it was pretty straightforward stuff. I think Chris sounded fantastic, you know, at the beginning. Toward the end, he was, you know, screaming his lungs out, you know, like he tends to do. I, I really thought that they... I really thought the band overall sounded fantastic. That's it. You know, I, th- I think from, you know, twice as hard when twice as hard started, you know, the audience went ballistic is, you know, cause that, that first opening chord, man, you can hear that and boom. I mean, you just, it just, it's the game changer just puts you right in the zone, you know? So, I mean, from there on, it was great. Uh, and they looked like they were having fun, man. I wouldn't ever, I wouldn't say that any of them looked like they were going through the motions, even though I will tell you, so when Chris uh, came up to the mic, he said something, and I'm paraphrasing a little bit. He said, welcome to the Black Crows show, Shake Your Money Maker tour, where we do Shake Your Money Maker, like we did last night, like we're doing tomorrow night. So <laughs> there's a possibility there. You know, he may be getting a little tired of it, you know. Um, but, you know, it's all good, man, you know. So I, I guess that's a long answer to your question, you know. <laughs> I tell you what I think may be a thing that would be kind of cool. And I've seen other bands do this. They play shake your money maker in its entirety, but they just mix it up, mix other songs in between. Yeah. Um, you know, stuff like that. I think it would be cool. Honestly, would the album come out in 1990 for them to pick a cover song by another band in 1990, just throw that as a curveball. Cause my concern is that all of the covers we're going to hear on this leg are from that 72 album. Mm. That's fine. But like, you know, that used to be the thing. You go see the crows, you may get big time. You may get torn and frayed. Uh, they didn't really fall in love with a cover over and over again. And I mean, it's a, it's a marketing thing. Like we said, they have right to make money. And, and you know, there are three songs on that 1972 album I really, really like. And so I'm going to go ahead and make an executive decision too, Ian. You know, Seth said he wanted to be part of that 1972 giveaway. Mm-hmm. And he said in there, it would be the one that started his vinyl collection. So I, think I saw that. I think Seth should be the winner, don't you? Uh, yes, I do. Awesome. You guys are too funny. Thank you so much, man. <laughs> so uh, <clears throat> your wife's going to kill us because in a year, you're going to be like $10,000 into, you know, vinyl and you're going to have, you know, a professional setup turntable. But uh, it was all Ian's fault. When, oh, just uh, remember David Hudson. Okay. <laughs> I will. I will. I, well, I have his email address and I'll give yeah. it to him. No problem. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right. So of the material from Shake Your Moneymaker, which song were you most impressed by? Which song were you least impressed by? I know this is going to sound insane, but I, I feel like Strut and Blues, and I know it's Chris's least favorite. I actually really dug it. I think he dug it. I, he didn't seem like he was upset doing it. You know, it was great. Um, I think that sounded fantastic. I think seeing things just, he just sounded spectacular on seeing things, you know. Um, I wouldn't say there was necessarily one that didn't impress me. Um, hard to handle. I mean, I guess I can only hear, you know, truth is I usually jump around like a lunatic during all the songs. And I found myself not jumping around like a lunatic during hard to handle. Speaking of that, how was the crowd? Were they into it? Yeah. You know, it's funny. I mean, I get, you know what, when you see, sit in those seats, you know, like you're like you have, you tend to get the fans, mm-hmm. the true fans, you know, I mean, I had a girl in front of me that was when they went through the couple of songs, you know, that were not Shake Your Money Maker, she was, you know, oh, my God, I'm I'm freaking out. You know, she was out of her mind in a good way. Crowd was way into it, man. And no one, I, you know, people weren't usually, you know, when people aren't into it, they're leaving, you know, five, seven songs in. No one really left that I noticed at all. So, yeah, they were totally into it. 
the one complaint I'm starting to really have with them as that last tour went on, the, the shows got shorter and shorter. And I mean, this is a short set list. Mm-hmm. And obviously if there's no jamming, then it's even shorter time-wise. Yeah. I mean, that I commented to you on that and um, I was really just, listen, disappointed. I was, you know, I, I lowered my expectations walking in, but you know, that, that said, you know, which in a good way, I was happy when I left, you know? So yeah, I was surprised that it ended when it ended, which was a, about, I want to say about a quarter till quarter to 11. I figured for sure we were going to get a good encore of three songs, you know, like one and done, man. See, now I was curious because the the opinion is very divided on it. Were you pleased to hear songs from 1972 or do you feel that they took space away from other things you could have potentially heard? No, I was, I was actually very thrilled to see that, to hear, to see them and to hear them because I've never seen them done live. Obviously there's songs that, you know, from all the bootlegs that I have and that I've listened to and seen over the years, I mean, they've never done them live. Right. I thought they did a great job. And my thing was I didn't have anything else to compare it to. I didn't have to, I didn't, wasn't saying to myself, well, Mark hit it higher on this one or, you know, man, Gorman's, you know, fill on this part, but they sounded awesome. And I didn't mind hearing them. I was actually looking forward to hearing more off of that, you know, in a weird way. Cause I really, listen, I knew I, I knew we weren't getting exit. I knew we weren't getting paint Nate, you know, we weren't getting any of that great stuff. So I was like, Hey, I can get something different, you know, let it be that. That's really the first material that the band that's the current lineup plays on. So uh, that, uh, that to me is the intriguing aspect of it. So I'm glad to hear it, uh, it paid off. Yeah, I was, I was very cool with it. And I was actually like very into, very into both of us. Papa was a Rolling Stone. I mean, that's just like, that song was made for, for, for Chris, I think just made for him, man, you know, just super swaggery song, you know? And I mean, he's just, um, he, he's just great. I, I just still love him to death. You know, I've looked past the whole, I've looked past the past, you know, I, I still see it, but I've looked past it. You know, I, you have to, cause it ain't happening again. Well, it may, I do, I do pray sometimes. And when I do, I'll throw one of those in there. You know, the only song that you got that was not part of the first two al- albums was wiser time. Yeah, wiser time and um, right, wiser time. I forgot about that was on Amorica. I'm like, I mean, I love Amorica. Wiser time to me was like a given that was gonna get played, you know, because yeah. it's always. I don't think there's one show that they haven't played it, you know, since it came out. So, you know, but I have some other other faves on that. Cause and and I'll tell you, and this was kind of why I wanted to go to this show because my um, I said, well, I saw what they kind of did at the Jazz Fest, and they kind of mixed it up a little bit. I was thinking maybe just maybe they'll, you know, put some more, you know, I'm a, I'm a heavy Amorica guy. That's like my favorite, favorite out of, I mean, Southern Harmony obviously is amazing in itself, but Amorica was for me whew, the, the best of best. And I was hoping to see, hear a little more of Amorica off of there, but you know. I tell people it's a fun concert. There's no getting around it. It's fun, but you know, it, it's uh you're not going to get the varied set list. You're not going to get the deep cuts. And right. did they even mention that it was the anniversary of Southern Harmony? No, you know what? They didn't say a word, right? That's that's interesting. They did not say that. Well, I'd ask yeah. you who the coolest guy on stage was, but we all know the answer is Sven. But uh... oh, I, well, I was going to tell you. You know, I wrote I wrote an, um, a note, and of course, I left it in the kitchen. But neither here nor there. But um, I'm glad you brought him up because to me, I was watching Sven a little bit, and you know, I saw him with Magpie. I saw him, you know, um, many times. Obviously, I saw him, and he's a super cool cat, by the way. He's like the guy that just hangs out after the show, and just I'm sure you guys know this already, but. 
he's like, hey, man, yeah, just super down to earth, dude. Um, but he had control of the, you know, and maybe I just never noticed it before, but I was actually watching him and I'm like, you know, he's like controlling kind of where everything went. And I get, I get it. I'm not a musician, but you know, that's kind of the bass and the, and the drums. I get it. That's, you know, they're the, they're the timekeepers. I get it. But he was doing the nodding where, you know, I used to see Rich doing a lot of the nodding, like when the song's going to break, when it's going to end, when they're going to get into the next thing. And I saw Sven doing that a few times. So um, it's kind of cool to see that, you know, that he has a little bit more of a role in the band, if you will, than, oh, the bass player, you know, you know, oh yeah, he took over for who, you know, for Johnny, you know, whatever. I mean, Sven's great. Excellent. He's the, he's the secret weapon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, and he was jamming a little bit and they weren't showing him on the screen, but I was watching him. I'm like, this is all Sven, man. They should have him up on the screen, you know, but of course, you know, they had, um, they had Rich who was just strumming along, but you know, yeah, you're right. He is a secret weapon, big time secret weapon playing and singing. And he's always the coolest looking one up there. <laughs> Definitely. You know, <laughs> would you go see this tour again this summer? If you had a chance, I knew that the set list I got last night was, was the same. I would, I would truly have to say, I'm sorry, guys. I would have to say that's a no. It's a no because I've seen it twice now and it's twice been the same. But would I recommend to anybody that hasn't seen it to go see it? 110% because they're still great. They still sound amazing. You can't compare the average fan, I guess, if you will, you know, to us where we like all that deep stuff that, you know, we're just never going to hear again. That's why I wouldn't probably go see it again. Then again, if they announced a concert in West Palm tomorrow, my dumb ass would probably plunk down the money for a ticket and I'd go. I'm just saying no, but I let me ask you this. How was the merch? Oh, I'm so glad you asked that. The merch was awesome, man. I actually got um, a cool shirt that says Remedy on the front and um, 2000 or 2022 tour. It's a long sleeve shirt. It's pretty cool. That is the only reason I bought a shirt because uh, I had never seen this one before, but um, they were selling their 1972 stuff, the vinyl, the... Um, the CDs and then the, the weird stuff, the koozies and stuff. But yeah, the merch table was, I was really, did they, did they have uh, posters show posters? Um, they did not, they did not have any show posters that I saw. I bought the hmm. shirt really fast. <laughs> so, I mean, I bought <laughs> yeah. it like, I was like, Oh yeah, that's the one I want it. Let me just get out of this line, you know? So I, I didn't notice it, but um, something weird. I got something from Ticketmaster that they're doing, some uh virtual poster or something i don't know i'll look into that after oh yeah it was a um nft nft right? yeah yeah exactly yeah yeah so i think that's what they're doing i'm not positive but i didn't see anybody holding any posters you always see that one yahoo with a poster in his hand you know i didn't see any posters honestly i saw just you know great shirts though and driving and crying had some stuff too obviously see i think it, you touched on the i think you touched on the one drawback of this type of tour is that for a lot of people, it really is a one-off though. There's nothing drawing you back from right. multiple, you know, visits. I mean, even, you know, longtime fans are kind of limiting it to, to one a run, you know? So that's, yeah. I hope they, they said that red rocks is going to be, you know, a, a, not a shake your money maker show. And I hope that leads into them doing, you know, more things like whatever red rocks is going to be. Well, like I said, I saw the jazz fest um, set list and it definitely mixed it up. And I was, it was encouraging I, and, and I can't see them not doing that. There's no way they can leave all that stuff behind, man. They can't do this forever. You know, yeah. I mean, again, a Southern, you know, harmony tour, I'd be all over that too. So, you know, I, I'd be first in line for that, you know, but um, I imagine they're just going to hopefully keep, keep on keeping on. Listen, like you guys first said, and I'll never forget it. You said any, any pro show is a good pro show, you know, any, 
any any good news is good news, you know. So versus you know getting nothing from them. So I'm still a fan, and I'll forever be a fan. Man, it is what it is. Well, uh, well, Seth. First of all, thank you for coming on. Literally with the shortest notice of all. Yes, uh, this is the most hastily thrown together podcast we've ever done. So much so, Ian didn't even know what format we were using it on. Why are you, you going to tell everybody that? You know, you shame me publicly. They, they, they need to see how the sausage is made. Um, and we also want to thank you very much for being on Patreon. We uh, we value you uh, you being on there. Thank you very much, and I appreciate the opportunity. And um, I actually realized I need to download the Patreon app, so I'll be um, commenting and uh, actually reading all the stuff a little bit more. So yeah, thank you guys for doing and, uh, what you do, man. Honestly, I know. When I first heard about it, I was just super stoked. And um, you guys are doing an amazing job. So thank you both. All right. We want to thank Seth for uh, for joining us. This is possibly our only road report of the year. So, uh, Seth, we're honored to have you. And uh, take care, right. everybody. Money.